0: Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. So we're starting a new series tonight, and we're calling the series, I'll Be There for You. We're talking about friends. We're talking about friendships. So uh, as you're sitting there, are you sitting next to somebody who you would consider a friend? Or are you sitting next to somebody you have like no idea who this person is? I want you to, real quick, I may regret this. I want you, to real quick, tell the person next to you the most embarrassing fact you're willing to share about yourself in like 15 seconds. Most embarrassing fact that you're willing to share with somebody else. You still sleep with your teddy bear, you still wet the bed, you watch anime, something like that. Um, all right, all right. So, as we're starting this series, (laughs) I probably regret that one. Um, As we're starting this series, I want to ask you another question, and I'll I'll, I'll take like a couple answers from people. The question is, if you could be BFFs, if you could be best friends with anybody, and they would have to be your best friend, who would you choose? Mikey? Uh, Christian, okay. Okay. Me? Oh. Well, you're my best friend now, Devin. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Jeff said Donald Trump. <laughs> Ryland. Jesus. Jeez. Oh, that's a good. That's a good answer for sure. Jesus. Okay. Anybody else have, Anybody have like a quirky one? Riley. My best friend. Okay, your best friend. Okay. All right, Jackson. I, he has. Who? Waldo. Waldo. You'd always know where he is. That'd be nice. Okay. So. So now th- I want you to th- I want to th- I want to share kind of maybe some epic friendships classic friendships that a lot of people are familiar with. The first, uh, you may not know, but it's my favorite movie. I like the Rocky series. It's Sylvester Stallone and um, and, uh, Rocky Balboa and Apollo Creed. I think we need to go back to where guys would wear those shorts like this and the socks like this. How many of y'all agree? Okay, but it's like the most epic scene. They're running at the beach, they're training, and then they give each other like a big full body hug. Epic friendship. The next one you're more familiar with, you've got SpongeBob and Patrick. F is for friends who do stuff together, U is for you and me, N is for anywhere and anytime at all down here at the deep blue sea, right? Okay. Um, and then, of course, there is um, there's Christoph and Sven. Right, Alexander? Yeah. So, uh, Christoph and Sven. Um, so, you think about some of those, like from cartoons, you think about from movies, those epic friendships. What about your Friendships. I want you to, this is not now time to, definitely not time to share with the audience, but do you have, are there people who used to be really close friends with you, and now they act like you don't exist? Are there people who you used to be really close to, but then they did something that totally burned your biscuits, so now you're just not kind of willing to be friends with them anymore? Have you ever had the feeling of being in a classroom that's full of people talking, but you feel like the only one who's alone? I have. Um, So when we think about friendship, some people think about all the good friends they have. Some people think about the friends they used to have, and some people just get this feeling that even though they know people, they kind of have friends, they still feel alone. So as we're talking about friendships tonight, I want you to think about what are some, and you talked about this in TAG, those of you that made it through highs and lows. us high school guys never make it through highs and lows. Um, the, the, one of the questions was, what are some qualities that you look for in a friend? And we all have those things we look for in friends. You know, we want friends who are loyal, who won't you know, turn their back on us. You know, we want friends who have awesome houses that we can spend the night at. You know, we, we, we have some kind of like vain ones and some good ones. But um, what is it you look for in a friend is it possible that sometimes what we're looking for in a friend, they actually can't give us? One of the kind of the big takeaways tonight that I hope you'll leave with is that you won't find in people, you won't get out of people what you can only find in Christ. As we talk about friendships, you have to remember that there are some things that you can only find in Jesus. And I think a lot of times we're looking for things in friendships, and sometimes for some of you, you girlfriendships and boyfriendships that you can only find in Jesus. So we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs. Um, if you have your Bible, start, start spinning, start turning. Um, you don't have to, but we always encourage you to bring a, like, a Bible, like one that you can like turn pages with. Um, statistics show that you remember more of what you read in a paper Bible. So it's always a good idea. If you don't have a Bible, I have one that I will give to you tonight um, after we're done if you don't have one of these at home. But if you do have one, I'd love for you to bring it. And tonight, we're zeroing in on one verse. So if you're in the book of Proverbs, look at verse 26, and this is how it reads The one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Since it's such a short verse, I'm just going to read it one more time, and then we're going to pray over it. The one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So let's pray. Um, God, we've read this verse, and this is your word. We're going to be looking at other parts of your word that refer back here, but God, I pray that through your word and as we talk about it, as we like consider it, let it marinate in our minds and in our hearts, um, God, that it, it, it will show us things about our, friend, our friendships and even the way that we are friends to others, God, um, that need to change. Um, God, I pray that as we look at this, it'll also show us what a great friend that we have in Jesus. Uh, so I pray that you'll work in our hearts, remove distractions as we think about now, Um, your word in Jesus name. Amen. So this is a short verse, right? Short verse. And some of you, depending on what version of the Bible you have, it may read a little bit different than this verse. And we're going to talk about that. So if you, you know, you're like, my, my Bible looks a lot different than that. Don't freak out. We will get to that. Okay, Um, but from this verse that talks about friendships and other relationships, I think there are four things that we can learn about friendships. So, you know, those of you you that like to take notes, like we got kind of four things and then we have F words we're going to get to tonight. You know, with friends, friends, we had to have F words. So we're going to get to our F words too. But the first thing that we learn in this verse um, is that friends can be life giving, does anybody know who wrote most of the Proverbs, not all of them, but most of them? This guy named Solomon. Anybody know what Solomon's claim to fame was? He was a king, he was a king of Israel. He was the richest king to ever um, rule Israel. He was the wisest king. God said, hey Solomon, I'll give you anything you want. What do you want? Solomon didn't wish for more wishes. You know, he didn't wish for a million dollars. He said, I want to be the wisest man to ever live. And God says, since you've chosen this great thing, you know, your request is granted. I will bless you with, like, extra wisdom. And I'll also give you some other awesome things, too, because you asked for a good thing. So Solomon not only had wisdom, but the wisdom led him to be you know, to, to his nation to be prosperous and to be wealthy. But then Solomon kind of took, like, a left turn also later in his life. He kind of took a wrong turn. Um, he decided that one wife wasn't enough. So he's like, I think I want a wife from every country of the world. That's literally what he did. And first, I think it's First Kings chapter 11, like it's like the summary statement. It says like Solomon's many wives led his heart astray. And then there was like this period of time where he kind of like walked away from God. But then at the end of his life, he came back to God. That's when he wrote Ecclesiastes. But, but so Solomon, he's seen it all, right? He's lived it all. He knows all there. <laughs> He knows all there is to know about relationships, right? He he had like a bajillion wives and also a bajillion girlfriends on the side, okay? So he, he knows a lot about relationships, not just friendships, but all kinds of relationships. And this is one of the things that he wrote to his son. The book of Proverbs, most of it is Solomon writing everything he's learned in his life to his son. And this is what he said. He said, the one who is righteous is a guide, to his neighbor. There are some other this is a very they said the first section of this verse. Can you go back one slide, Drew? The first section of this verse is somewhat difficult. It was written in Hebrew to interpret. And when it says the one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, other versions of the Bible say it a little differently. So what we what we learn is this chapter is a, a chapter of contrasts. Literally, verse 2 Contrasts it compares and shows the differences of a stupid person and a smart person, and it uses the word stupid. It's in the Bible. I read it in the Bible when I was a kid. My mom used to not want me to say stupid. I was like, "Mom, stupid's in the Bible." Like, but um, anyway, it contrasts stupid with smart. Sometimes it contrasts immoral with moral and lazy people with diligent people. And right here, what it's doing is it's contrasting a righteous friend, a friend who makes good decisions. And a wicked friend, a friend who makes bad decisions, and it shows, guys, guys, up here, okay? It shows the righteous friend, and it contrasts it, it compares it to the wicked friend, a friend who makes bad decisions, and it shows what kind of effect those friends have on you and on me. So the first thing we learn here is that friends can be life-giving. This, this phrase here says, the one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, that word, the one who is righteous, is a guide, is pretty much almost all one Hebrew word, and it's the word tur. It's really easy to say, right? Tell the person next to you, you know Hebrew word, tur. Say it to him. Got to say it with a New York accent, like tur, you know, hey, tur, right? So, and what that, what that word means, it means to seek out, to explore, to spy out, to diligently get to the heart. Of the matter, so when we read this verse and it says, "The one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor," it means someone who's a good friend isn't just a friend in name only, isn't just there for your best times, but this friend is a guide by your side all the time, and this this person knows you. This person knows the good and the bad about you, and this person actually makes you a more Christ-like, more godly person and makes you you make the right decisions. A godly friend gives good advice. A godly friend tells you things that maybe you don't want to hear, but things that you need to hear. Even really practically, a godly friend may tell you if you ask, does my butt look big in these jeans, your friend may say, "Yeah, it looks like you'd look at land an airplane on that thing." You know, like friends are honest with you. Friends point out, friends point out, like areas like, "Are you seriously going to go out with him?" Yeah. I hope not. Uh, are you seriously going to go out with, with her? Right? And and you, you have friends that, that correct you, that love you enough to tell you the truth. And if you follow their example. You will become more like Jesus. The apostle Paul said it like this. He was a godly friend to a guy named Timothy, and we're going to talk about that next week. He said, follow me or imitate me as I imitate Christ. I have a picture here of a raft god. Who's been whitewater rafting here? Who thought you were going to die when you were whitewater rafting? Like I, yeah, I'm always like, as soon as we hit the first rapid, every time we whitewater raft, I'm like, what crack was I smoking when I decided to do this? Like what was I thinking? You know, but what 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 helps is to know that there is a, rat, a a guide who has gone down that road gone down those like currents and hit those waves a million times. But there was one time we were rafting, and my guide said, Well, this is my first week on the job. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> to have a guide a God who gets you through the rough waters of life, you need a, a righteous friend. So friendships can be life-giving. I look back on my, like, like when I was in high school, I look back on when I was in college, and I had some friends who were life-giving friends. They're not, all, they're not all in the area still, so I don't see them as often, but we still keep in touch, and they're still life-giving friends. If it weren't for some of my friends that I had in high school, I would have got in a whole lot more trouble than I got in as it was. So, friends can be life-giving. The one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor. But then you probably know what the second point is, right? It's like the flip side of that. It's the second part of the verse. It says, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So, the second thing we learn is that friends can be life-destroying. It's a little easier to see this in other people than it is yourself, so I'll ask you this. Don't, you, know, you can raise your hand if you want to. How many of you all know somebody, they started hanging out with somebody else, and it was like their downfall. You know, sometimes we call them, hey guys, there are other people trying to hear the Bible. You know, if, if you're, if, there's the door if you want to leave, but we're, we're talking about God's word. You know, some people who, you, they, they went with the wrong crowd and you would call them toxic, whatever. They got sucked in and like their, their life was ruined or their high school years were ruined or you, you probably know somebody like that. Maybe you were that person before, you got, you got pulled into the wrong crowd, but it says the way of the wicked leads them astray, and I'm gonna teach you another Hebrew word. You already learned to, remember, to. This one is ta'a, say it, say it, you sound smart you know when you say these words, ta'a. And here's what this word means, that's the word for leads them astray. Ta'a can mean to seduce, to wander, or to lure in. So, there are people that just by watching the way that they live, we think, oh, they seem to be having fun. You know, they're going to those Halloween parties I probably shouldn't go to, but they seem to be having fun. I think I'll go with them. And we start following people who, it turns out, they don't know where they're going. I had somebody following me. I I like to hike at Barbersville Park and all the trails, and I didn't realize there was somebody that was following, not stalking following me, but was kind of like behind me for like 30 minutes. And I was just going wherever. I didn't know where I was going. I was just walking around. And then I, just, I realized, I've gone too far. I need to turn around and leave. And I turn around, and there's this guy. First off, creepy. But second, he's, he's like, oh, I was just kind of following you. I figured you knew where you were going. I was like, man, I don't know where I am. Um, and sometimes we end up, we, we follow people that we think are having a good time, and we think they know where they're going, but they don't know where they're going. And that's what this verse is getting at. It says the way of the wicked, it leads people astray. It leads people away from righteousness and making bad decisions. So away from what? Away from peace with God. Away from eternal life. Away from honesty and integrity. Away from not having regret because during your teenage years. You can be led away from having a good relationship with your parents because all of a sudden you find, you find out that in order to, to, to go run with this group of friends, you have to lie to your parents a lot and you have to kind of like go behind your parents back. And you're, there's always a confrontation with your parents because they don't want you going where you're going with those people and it r- leads you away from a relationship with your parents that God wanted you to have. And here's what's, what you need to know is as, as you get older, the gap between righteousness and wickedness gets wider you know, when you are a kid and you were at a sleepover, it's like, oh, my mom didn't want me watching, um, watching Spongebob because it's too much bathroom humor, and, um, and I accidentally, you know, was with my friend, and I watched Spongebob. Okay, well, you shouldn't have disobeyed your parents. But now, like, now you're in high school. Now you're, you, now you're deciding, like, am I going to go to that party where everybody's drinking and everybody's getting in a lot of trouble? Like, the stakes get higher, and the, uh, being led astray means you're going to be led further and further astray the older you go. Yeah, a lot of people ask me, Matt, why is it that, you know, so many teenagers are always involved in church, in middle school, and in high school, and it seems like during the college years they leave. And everybody kind of has this suspicion that if we would just do a 10-weeks course on apologetics, a lot more college students would be, you know, teenagers when they became college students would be, in, would be, you stick with their churches and stick with their faith because they would be able to like pull a God's Not Dead or something and disarm their atheist professor. But can I tell you just from Being a youth pastor for 10 years, most teenagers who are in church, who fall out of church and fall out of kind of like a a day-by-day relationship with God in college, they don't do it because they had a God's not dead moment in a classroom with an atheist professor. They fall away from a continual relationship with God because they joined a fraternity or they joined a sorority or they got wrapped up with the wrong group of friends. And they just slowly got led astray. So friendships can be life-destroying also. It's a two-edged sword, right? So what do we do with this? Well, here's where we kind of get to the third point. The third point is you don't wander into life-giving friendships. You don't just kind of like bump into the right people. Here's what, here's what happens. The book of Proverbs, oh, I wish we had more time about, with this, but the book of Proverbs, if you read through it and you read through it again, you'll realize it's talking about three different people. It tells you about the way of life of three different people. It tells you the way of life of the wise, people who make good decisions. It tells you the way of life and they, of the person they call the fool who makes really bad decisions. Like, you know somebody who just always makes all the wrong decisions? If that person's in the room, give them a nudge. No, you, you, if you know someone that makes all the, <laughs> I shouldn't do that. Make someone who makes all the wrong decisions. And then there's th- this third person they call the simple person. The simple person just kind of goes with the flow and kind of does whatever. So if they're with, if they're with good people, they're, you know, they kind of make the right decisions. And if they're with people who are doing the wrong thing, they kind of make the wrong decisions. When I was in high school, Avril Lavigne had a song about that. You're somebody else, around to everyone. You, you're too old, young to remember, anyway. Um, Anyway, the wise, the simple, and the fool. I'm going to put these on the screen. You're not going to have time to write them all down. I'm just telling you. Those of you that take notes, you're going to get so ticked at me. But here's what I've done. All of this is already on the app. If you download the Refuel Students app, this is loaded onto the notes section of the app. But there are some things that, this is all from the book of Proverbs that we learn about wise friends about foolish friends, and about simple friends. So Drew, bring up the wise, or the, the wise friends. Here's what we know about the wise friends. Wise friends have godly people as influencers. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, but if you associate with fools, you'll get in trouble. Wise friends make good decisions. Proverbs 14, 16, The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fool plunge, fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. Wise friends don't get offended easy. Do you know somebody that just gets any, you look at them the wrong way? I think she hates me. Yeah, she gave me the. Girls can like somehow give people looks and communicate more than guys could communicate with like a whole essay. Anyway, they don't get offended easy. Wise friends know what's important in life. Proverbs 14 8. Wise friends honor and obey their parents. Here's Here's what, if you have a friend that's sneaking around on your parents, they're probably gonna stab you in the back too right? Wise friends honor and obey their parents. Wise friends are careful with their words. You know, you, you know, you, you figured this out too. I figured it out. If you're around people who continually use bad language, you know what you start doing? You use Bad language. You need to come to church and start learning some of Matt's F words, right? Um, but, you know, if you're around people who use bad language, you're going to start using bad language. Wise friends have nothing to prove. They're not full of themselves. They're not full of pride. Um, it says, wise, from a wise mind comes wise speech. The words are wise are persuasive. Pride leads to disgrace, but humility comes wisdom. Wise friends take God at his word. They believe in God. Wise friends honor and obey God. There are a lot of verses about this, but I'll just read Proverbs nine ten. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Are your friends living for God? And wise friends control their temper. Wise friends control their temper. There are some people I know that are the wisest people I know, and people say the most ridiculous things to them, and they just smile. I'm working on that. I'm trying to be able to do that. I'm a, I'm a smart aleck, and I have a hard time just not. Anyway, so that's, the, the, those, that's what wise friends are like. But then it talks about simple friends. Remember, they're the ones that, so that's, that's me a lot of times. Yeah, I just kind of wander into this friend group and act like them. And I just kind of wander into this friend group and kind of act like them. So tell me if you, you feel like maybe you're the, the simple one. The simple friend has truth go in one ear and out the other ear. They're here every Wednesday night. We talk about dating every year, right? And they still go out with Snake, You know, they still go out with the wrong people, right? But because, oh, he likes me. Oh, she likes me. I think I'll go with him. Simple friend has truth go in. I love this. verse. It sounds so British. Like Proverbs 122, it says, how long, you simpletons, will you insist on being (laughs) simple-minded? The simple friend is too lazy to seek out wisdom. Uh, The next verse, Proverbs 123, the simple friend is blind to moral wrecking balls. It says, I saw, verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 7, it says, I saw some naive young man, and one in particular, who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman strolling down the path by her house. They put themselves in situations that are, they're going to get pulled into immorality, sexual immorality, but they're totally oblivious to it. I don't have time to go. Yet we could really spend a lot of time on that one. The simple friend believes, or doesn't care about the decisions she makes. Or he makes. I'm just switching out she, he. You know, it's all interchangeable now, right? Joke. Um, I need to stop. Um, doesn't care about decisions she makes. Uh, chapter eight, verse five it says, "You simple people use good judgment." The simple friend believes everything he's told. Here's the simpletons thing again. Proverbs fourteen, fifteen. Only simpletons believe everything they're told. The prudent carefully consider their steps. A simple friend is always wondering how she got herself into a hot mess. I just don't know how it happened. <laughs> like, here I am, and you know, somebody just gave me this cup, and, 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 and now I'm, you know, I'm in this car, and I'm going to this next place, and I, I just don't know how it all happened, because it's just kind of going with the flow. So that's the simple friend, and now there's the, the foolish friend, as you can see, we're kind of going like, er, uh, er, uh, uh, right? The foolish friend. Here's what Proverbs said about the foolish friend. It says the foolish friend is like a volcano. <laughs> you, you, you know anybody It's just like a volcano? It doesn't take much. I mean, you know, you, you just, one little comment, one little thing, one thing not go their way. And I mean, it's like, you know, zero to 60. Like you can, like the little little vein in the side of their face is like, wah, 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 wah. And, and they have no control over their anger. Proverbs twenty nine eleven 11 says, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. The foolish friend thinks he's invincible and doesn't care about the consequences. The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with reckless Confidence. This person thinks nothing can happen to him. He's going to drive 120 miles an hour on the interstate, and it's fine. This person thinks it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if if I go around. My parents are never going to find out. Doesn't think about the consequences. A foolish friend talks smack about what he doesn't know. Proverbs 10:14 says, wise people treasure knowledge. I love this. But the babbling of a fool invites disaster. Everybody's got the one-upper in their friend group. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the one-upper. It's like, oh, yeah, um, you know, my dad, uh, you know, my dad played, uh, played you know, baseball in college. Oh, my dad played in the major leagues. Like, and it can, it can be true, maybe not true, but they always have to one-up, right? Always have to one-up. They talk smack about what they don't know. Foolish friend makes gossip an Olympic sport. Proverbs 10.18, or excuse me, 10.14, it says, or 10.18, hiding hatred makes you a liar and slandering others makes you a fool. You got anybody like that in your life? Foolish friends' favorite pastime is getting into trouble. Proverbs 10, 23 says, doing wrong is fun for a fool. Foolish friends are hard-headed and stubborn. You know anybody like that? Like you can't, you, you can't tell them they're wrong. You just can't tell them they're wrong. Like even if they're wrong, they're not gonna admit they're wrong. You could bring it up like on the Google machine and show it to them like it's wrong, Google's wrong. You know? This is what, uh, it's actually twice in Proverbs. We'll read the first one. Proverbs 12, 15. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. The foolish friend doesn't listen to his parents because they're old. Why would you listen to them? They're old. They're boomers. They don't know anything. What does Proverbs say? It says, Proverbs 15, 5. Only a fool despises a parent's discipline, but whoever learns from their correction is wise. Foolish friends make the same stupid decisions over and over yet expect the same results i don't know how i got into this mess maybe if i go out with this other guy who's exactly like the guy i went out with before it'll be better proverbs 26:11 says a dog as a dog this is kind of gross but as a dog returns to its vomit so a fool repeats his foolishness so you've heard about the wise friend you've heard about the simple friend you've heard about the foolish friend. So the question I want to ask next is, which category describes your friends? Well, I'm glad you're honest, but um, are your friends leading you in the way of the wicked, or do you have friends who are righteous and are guiding you? But now, I want to ask you the next question. You don't have to answer out loud. What category describes the kind of friend that you are? Hmm. So some of you need to go back on that refuel app tonight and look this over, right? But here's the final thing I want to I I remind you of, and we're almost at our, 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 our end time. When it comes to friends, Jesus is the goat. You know what I mean by that, right? Greatest of all time. Hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll get to this guy. You know, a lot of people think LeBron is the goat when it comes to basketball. People like, like me I grew up in the 90s, think that MJ, think that Jordan is the GOAT. Um, some, yeah, we have Kobe people. Um, and then of course, I, you know, I, I'll, I hate to admit it. I'll be transparent, I'll be honest. I'll have Matt McClay confession session. I hate Tom Brady. Yeah. I hate Tom. I, I would love to see him just go down hard concussion protocol for the next five years, anyway. But I have to admit, I have to admit. He's been winning Super Bowls pretty much ever since I was alive. He's pretty good. Have you noticed, though, as we're talking about righteous friends and wicked friends, and we went over all those lists, how often, even though we look at our other, maybe people around us, we think, oh, they're in the wicked category, they're in the foolish category. What if we turn the mirror back around like we just did and look at ourselves? What we would realize is we don't do so hot on these lists either, do we? So when Proverbs says... If you still have it open, the righteous one is the guide to his neighbor. Who's the righteous one? Who's the righteous one? We're running out of time, so we can't turn there. But maybe write in your notes, Isaiah 53. It talks about how all we, like sheep, have been led astray. We've gone astray. The same word, astray, that's in Proverbs. But then it talks about Jesus being the only righteous one, and how when he died on the cross, his righteousness, his goodness, his perfection, Jesus aced the list. He's the wise friend. He's not on the simple list. He's not on the foolish list. He aced it. And when he died, being a perfect person, our sin was placed on him so that our sin was credited to him when he died. And his righteousness, his perfection was credited to us when we believed on Jesus. So when it comes to friends, people who guide, if you try to do friendships without a relationship with the ultimate friend, you're never going to succeed. If you try to have eternal life, if you try to get to heaven before you die without the ultimate friend, you're not going to make it. Jesus is the goat, greatest of all time. And a lot of us think, okay, that's good. Maybe if I start reading my Bible and kind of do Christian things, I'll be a better friend. The point of this is not to make you a better friend or for you to have better friends. The point is for you to have a relationship with Jesus that no friendship can match. Remember what we said? You won't find in people what you can only find in Jesus, and that's satisfaction. I got a picture here of, that I, I took a a little over a week ago I was in the Dominican Republic And there was a, uh, we worked with several pastors in the area This was a pastor in a very small church In a very small town in the Dominican Republic And he was gonna, we were going to go to his church on a Sunday um, And he was preaching on a Sunday His name was Pastor Mota And we found out on Saturday That his mom had been battling COVID And she unexpectedly took a turn for the worst And died Saturday evening so when we went up to this church in the city of Ramon Santana, we didn't ex- I didn't expect any way to see Pastor Moda there. But I got out of the bus, and he's running across the street to welcome me and our group to his church. I was kind of shocked. And then I thought, well, maybe he's got somebody that's going to be preaching for him because I could not imagine preaching after you just lost your mother. And sang the music and everything, and he got up there and He preached. And he preached on having satisfaction in Jesus. After he lost, temporarily, lost one of the most important relationships in his life, he still found satisfaction in Jesus. And what happens when we find satisfaction in Jesus is that we receive grace and we become more grace-filled to other people. So how do we apply this? I'm going to give you these F words and we've got to get out of here. So I've got five F words for you. How to to apply this? How to to be careful who you have in your life and also how to be a good friend to others. The first F word is friend. (laughs) Of course, it had to be, right? Be a friend of Jesus. Become a friend of Jesus. Believe in Jesus. If that made sense, what I talked about, how when Jesus died on the cross, his perfection got credited to you, your sin got credited to him. When you believe in Jesus, the Bible says, those who believe in him will have eternal life. Jesus has already paid the debt. Your faith, your belief, is what unlocks the door of that grace that comes to you. The question is, and I know I've talked to several of you, like, ah, I'm really thinking about it, Matt. Maybe I'll do it next week. Maybe I'll do it next month. What's stopping you? from being saved, from knowing that it's settled forever. Become a friend of Jesus. The next is facts. Read your Bible, find wisdom in God's word. Did, I'm gonna have you raise your hand. Did that simple person kind of apply to you? You kind of find yourself being different when no matter what friend group you're in. Here's an awesome verse in Psalms chapter 19 verse seven. It says, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, that's the Bible, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord, that's the Bible, are trustworthy, making wise the simple. If you're tired of making stupid decisions about the relationship in your life, open up God's word and memorize it. You can't keep my list in your back pocket. And when you meet somebody, be like, oh, hold on, before I commit to being your friend, I need to go over this checklist with you. Are you like a volcano? Do you think you're invincible? You can't do that. You have to have God's word hidden in your heart so that you can react properly. Find wisdom in God's word. The next is figure out. Figure out the qualities that you want in a friend. What's so cool is I know several uh, teenagers, I think it was a lot of girls in our youth group years ago that made a list of the qualities that they wanted in their future husband. What's really cool is a lot of those Girls now, women, still have that list and they found those qualities in the husbands that they have now. What would happen if you just kind of sat down and kind of wrote out a list of what you value in a friend? The next is fresh. I like that one, fresh. It makes me think of fruit. When opportunities come up, speak fresh words of life into people who need it. You know, some of you have relationships with people who they're going the wrong way and you can be that righteous one that guides them where they need to go. That doesn't have to be like a come-to-Jesus talk with them. That can be you take the invitation that you're going to get on the way out to the not-so-digital Thanksgiving dinner, you say, hey, you want to come eat some Taco Bell with me? It could be that simple. Be a guide to people. Give fresh words of life to your friends. The final one is fess up. Fess up to the fact that you need grace just as much as anyone else. Without the gospel, this turns real judgy real quick, Right? You can take this list and go. She doesn't. She's a volcano. You know. He thinks he's invincible. You know. He talks bad about his parents. You know. It's so easy to just all of a sudden weaponize the Bible. But when you realize that apart from the grace of Jesus, you're in big trouble. You start giving grace to others. So let's pray, and we'll get out of here. Um, God, you've given us friends for a reason. Uh, you've given us friends to to to, to give us. Hope and give us community and give us, uh, they're agents of your grace, but God, sometimes the wrong people in our lives with too much access to our lives can get us going down the wrong path. So God, I pray that you'll give us, uh, you'll just give us clarity, you'll give us an insight, your Holy Spirit will lead and guide us to understand who we need to have in our lives and how much access into our lives they need to have. I pray that we'll be wise in choosing friends, but we'll also be gracious and we'll be wise in the way that we lead other people to Jesus. These are hard decisions, but God, we know that through, through your word, through your Holy Spirit, and through the grace that you give us, um, that we can be good friends. We can be there for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.